podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm joined by Andy. Hiya. James. Hello. And Paul. Hiya. And I'm Matt and we've got another of our special interview editions of the podcast today. Uh, Andy and James have been to interview Ellen Smith from the band Shadowlark. How was it, boys? Yeah, well, good, mate. Um, she's, well, you'll hear in a minute, she's just sounds, she knows her stuff about Leeds and she's a very talented musician, I think it's fair to say. So Ellen's the lead singer and songwriter for the Leeds band Shadowlark, a three-piece. Um, they contributed two songs to the Amazon Prime documentary series Take Us Home, and you'll be very familiar, I'm sure, with the cover of Marching On Together, which um, she performs and is played over the... Um, rather depressing moment that we lose in the playoffs but it's very very effective and it's um, the climax of the whole documentary Ellen's also a big Leeds United fan and that's why we wanted to go and talk to her find out a little bit about her life and experiences as a Leeds United fan uh, and as well as talking to Andy and James Ellen also performed two tracks including the cover of Marching On Together and Shadow Like's new single here it is I hope you enjoy it Ellen hello thanks for coming on the Leeds That podcast thanks for having me um, first question really is how did you become a Leeds fan? Well, I, I grew up in Leeds, in North Leeds, and um, my dad, my dad's well, he's originally he was born in Wakefield, and then um, he he moved to Bury his family when he was a kid, and he actually played for Bury, which obviously is like really sad at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a youth. Um, so he was really into football. And then my mum, she was a Leeds fan growing up. She's from Leeds. So football was just always like a massive thing in our house. I've got two brothers as well. And um, so, yeah, we were just, we were a really sporty family and we just were always into it. So, and we're from Leeds, so Leeds was our team. How long have you been going to Ellen Road? And uh, one thing we always talk about on this, the whole Leeds that thing is... Mm-hmm. There's just one moment that happens, it's just typical Leeds. What, what stands out in your mind? <laughs> well, so we had season tickets when we were kids. Well, my dad had one, my older brother had one, and then me and my little brother had to share one because like, we couldn't really afford all of us to go. Mm. Um, so that must have been, I mean, first game, I can't really remember, but I remember going to Ellen Road and seeing Gordon Strachan, Gary McAllister playing. I've seen, I remember Mark Beanie being the keeper. Seeing the boys then, yeah? That's exactly. A, I mean, that midfield was <laughs> unbelievable. And that Mark Beanie, uh, obviously tipping in for John Lukic when uh, he was injured. But that kit, it's my phone cover, I love it. it is, yeah, yeah. I'm not even joking, I have got a Mark Beanie goalkeeper top in my drawer at home. I'll take a picture and send it. Yeah, my brother had one. And then um, Tony Oboa, I've seen him play at Elland Road. Yeah, he was, he was all right, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, my my team that I, like, really remember from when I was kind of old enough to have a season ticket and be going was just, like, the classic glory kind of Champions League team of Harry Kuehl, Mark Viduka. Alan Smith was my favourite player. No one's perfect, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, you, you could have had David Batten and you picked Alan Smith, but you know, everyone's no one's perfect. Well, I, you know, I was I was this teenager, you know, growing up in Leeds. 
he was young, he had curtains. <laughs> you know, what what was not to like? He was He kicked ass on a BMX as well, didn't he? <laughs> and so yeah, obviously like just fancied him a bit, didn't I? But and just he's like a bit of a wrong and wanting, like a bit aggressive. <laughs> Ellen, what's your biggest uh, your biggest leads that moment? <laughs> there are many. But I think I'd say probably one of the things about the um, documentary is where you, when you hear Russell Crowe and he's saying like um, every club that's been top at Christmas has been promoted into the Premier League, like historically. And obviously we just flapped it. Yeah, that's the perfect leads that, isn't it? It's it's mortifying. So you and your band are from Leeds. How important do you think the um, success of football is to the actual city as well? Massively. This is something that um, we talk about quite a lot, actually, with with Lee and Giuseppe. Um, and and just the fact that with Leeds, it's like a, it's a one club city. And I I know that like you know I I was lucky enough to go on holidays abroad and stuff when I was a kid and everyone when you said you were from Leeds everyone knew because they knew mm-hmm. Leeds United they knew the team and it was you know that that's it it's like that's how everyone's heard of where you're from yeah because of your football team and obviously it's 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 a massive thing is everybody in the band uh, a Leeds fan um James weirdly is a Juve fan. He's got this weird thing about Italy, and it's just John Charles connection. So, I'm happy with that? Yeah, yeah. You know, fine. Um, Chris, he's more of a rugby, rugby boy. So, you know, wrong shaped ball. It is what it is. <laughs> How big do you think um, the music scene's getting in Leeds again? Cause it's, it's it's on the rise again, isn't it? Because people normally kind of. Sadly, often overlook the Leeds music scene, don't they? And you've kind of got your Sheffield, your Manchester's and all that. But Leeds is really back in business, I think. That's it. I think we've always, I don't know, we've kind of been in the shadow of like, you know, like you say, a lot of those other cities and Manchester and Liverpool and stuff as like a northern city that's been like probably way more famous bands from, from those places and stuff. But, it's, there's always been a massive scene here and like loads of amazing stuff going on. And I think, I don't know, I I think the Brudenell Social Club's like probably the best venue in the UK, if not further afield as well. And there's not many people like Nathan around who's massively important to Leeds music scene and he's a massive Leeds fan, so... I completely agree. Um, there's a few people I've met abroad, similarly to like what you were saying about them talking about the club that they actually know, Brudenell Social Club as well, which is absolutely amazing, really, yeah. when you think about it. But um, no, I completely agree. And um, do you think there's anything that the the city can do to help support musicians, or is it just individual people like Nathan at Brudenell? I, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? I think it's it's one of those things where it's just a very hard industry to break. Um, you know, I've been doing it a really long time and relatively speaking, like, you know, no one's ever heard of us. And it's 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 just difficult, but I think I don't know, it's just gonna it's gonna take something 
someone to come along and hopefully like really kind of break out and and put Leeds back on the map and there's loads of exciting stuff going on here so you know whether it's music or it's generally arts and creative industries and stuff like it's an exciting place to be again and there's like so much going on I, I think it's only a matter of time before yeah something like everyone realizes this is the place to be and there's so many good genres kicking out of Leeds, isn't there? Like, those are really cool bands from different styles. I mean, growing up, I used to, show me age here, spend my time in cockpit and I'll go see punk bands and yeah. you get some huge draws from all over the world coming to cockpit and playing there. Uh, wh- what's the best gig you saw growing up in Leeds? Wow. That's a horrible question, that, isn't it? That's a, that's a big question. Mic drop. Ah... Uh. Don't have to be biggest band, coolest band. Just like nah, what you yeah. thought was just like when you just lost your mind in Leeds, and that was you and music. I it will it will have been something down down at the Brood, I imagine. Like, I mean, I've seen so much here, and I also there was this band um, that I saw when I was growing up um, called the Stands, and they actually played at um, the cockpit, and I was a massive fan. And like no one had really heard of them. Um, They're from Liverpool, and. Uh, I just became really, really, really into them. And to the point of like, I just started, it, it was like back in the days of MySpace and stuff. And it was dead easy to just feel like, <laughs> hello. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, I, be- I, in the end, became friends with the singer Howie and we're still friends now and we've done some writing together and stuff like that. So I think it was probably like nothing that anyone would be like, oh, were you all at that gig kind of thing? It was like, it was just something at the time where it was really accessible for me to connect with someone and and that was going on at venues like the cockpit or the brood or whatever. It was like you could actually get involved with whatever was going on. Yeah, that's that's a good point actually as well. I mean, I know we sound old by saying this, but it's like the internet <laughs> and social media has like connected people with, uh, you know, general punters with, with artists. Because I remember like as a kid, any band I would have seen or wanted to go see at the cockpit, you would love to be able to message them, wouldn't you? But you just you just couldn't. It wasn't it wasn't there. Yeah. So that's that's amazing that you've kind of built that connection and you st- and you're making music with them. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mad. Coolest thing for me about yourself, other being a Leeds fan, is you played Glastonbury. Yeah. Now, how was that? I, I've been as a punter. Obviously, I've not graced them with my dulcet tones. But <laughs> Glastonbury is one of those magical places where I went and there's like hundreds if not a thousand bands on or something to see. It's crazy. Over the weekend, I reckon, with no fault of my own, saw 11 bands. Yeah. Just because it's that big, there's that much to do. How do you get on as an artist there? Um, so the f- the first time we did it was we'd won the Glastonbury Emerging Talent Competition, which is like a big battle of the bands thing through Q Magazine. I think it was at the time, and um, it was it was just proper weird. It was one of those things where it just doesn't feel real. So we got this email that was like, "Oh, you've you've been chosen for the shortlist of like twelve bands that are going to come and play in Pilton at the Working Men's Club to Michael Evis and the family, and a bunch of oh. like promoters and booking agents and stuff." And um, yeah, it was like two days and there were two heats 
six bands on each night and we played the first night and um we just we won we won the thing so you get to play a main stage but i think the first time we played we must have played about four or five gigs in glastonbury that that year oh really and um including a really weird thing that happened where michael <laughs> asked us to there's this weird weird um like child's play area <laughs> ship thing right it's like a climbing frame sort of thing in the greenpeace area and they'd made it out of all like recycled plastic and stuff um and there was this big press opening for this ship <laughs> and he was like will you come and play on the ship and like you know just be around kind of thing so we were like yeah um <laughs> and then it got <laughs> we got there and someone came over to me and gave me this um bottle and they were like can you name the ship and like smash the bottle over the over it <laughs> i was like okay and there's this really weird video on youtube of me doing it and it was like it was just proper strange <laughs> so so we had to like play these acoustic track completely unplugged like no one could hear us because all the press like down the bottom of the of the thing and it was just very very bizarre but that was my first experience at Glastonbury should we get the ball out so she can smash it over our podcast gear is that what we're thinking (laughs) um so tell us a bit more about Shadow Lark um how long have you been together how do you describe your music um so Shadow Lark has been a thing for probably about two or three years. Um, before that, I was in a band called Ellen and the Escapades, and that's what we did all the yeah. cool stuff with, I guess. Um, that was like my first proper, proper band. Um, but yeah, this one um, yeah, has been going for probably yeah two or three years, um, and we've just... Really, we haven't, like, played an awful lot live. We've done, like, a fair few gigs and things, but um, mostly we've just kind of been a studio band recording loads of stuff. Um, and and that's kind of because in the old band there were five of us and it was very, very, like, it was kind of folk rocky, so um, there wasn't much in the way of, like, electronics and stuff like that. And then... We, um, our guitarist had to go back to America because um, his visa ran out. <laughs> and so we sort of disbanded after a while and decided we were going to start a new project, like some of us. And we just knew that it had to be something really different to what we'd done before. So this one's a bit more, been a bit more experimental with like electronics and synths and. We've like we make all our own samples and it's a bit nerdy, really. <laughs> right, so uh, I think you're going to play the track now. You got a new track out. We have. Go We've on. Got our new single called "Bleed My Heart." What's it about? It's about getting dumped, um, <laughs> but also sounds very cheery. Ju- oh, all my songs are cheery. <laughs> Leads up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um. I don't know, it's just, it's about really, I guess, the broader message is like you should talk about stuff 
Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not always easy to talk about things, but it's it's better to do it because it, it usually helps when situations aren't great. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Gives it a blast. I guess you don't mean to be cruel Maybe I'm just running too soon But I got this sinking feeling Feelings 
I'll tell you what, I think that sums up my feelings towards the end of last season. <laughs> yeah. It's bringing back some 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 memories, but it's we beautiful. Messed up. <laughs> I know <laughs> it was a big leads up the uh, the derby thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. How does it actually feel to share um, credits with Russell Crowe? <laughs> really good. Yeah, it's just that's bizarre, isn't it? Um, I remember Lee talking about it, and um, yeah, just just kind of going for a beer with him and stuff, and. Um, we were like, if if this happens, it's it's just mental, like it's it's crazy, and it it did. He got it to work, and it's very very bizarre hearing it. But um, like I can't imagine anyone else doing it now. Like it, you just it sounds amazing. How did it come about then? Obviously, you know Lee and and the guys at City talking when he says, "Do you fancy doing this?" I mean. Am I right in thinking you sent him a recording? Is that true? Yeah, well, so I've known um, those guys for ages. I know Lee through, um, well, when when he used to work out of um, Duke Studios. Yeah. Um, I used to go to parties and stuff there when, when the, there was just stuff going on. And that, so that's how I met Lee. He can throw a party too, Lee, can't he? Yeah. <laughs> we like, Ronaldinho goes, doesn't he? We have heard that. Yeah. Um, so that's how I met Lee. And then I've known Giuseppe through music and mutual friends and stuff. And um, so, yeah, like, I think, obviously, like, we'd, we'd occasionally, like, cross paths and stuff around... Leeds, but then not that long ago, I remember um, he came to watch a gig at a party that I was doing. And um, yeah, I think at that point, that was when he was definitely like, oh, I really want you to do some music for the thing. But also like um, at the time when they were sort of first doing the documentary, like properly going to the games and getting stuff, um, there was only re- really Lee and Giuseppe working on it and they, they just were like, do you want to come and help out a bit? Because they just knew that, I, not that I necessarily had experience as such in like sound recording for documentaries and stuff, but that I had a music background and we were just very much of the same kind of mindset as people in, in like what we'd done with our careers and stuff and just um yeah it just it seemed like a natural thing to do for me to get involved with them on it so the recording of marching on together yeah am i right in thinking you sent him a version on whatsapp is that true yeah so obviously we'd been working on the documentary for a while and then it had been mentioned a couple of times about me doing some music for it and stuff and the idea of doing Marching On Together was floated around Um, and I was sort of just umming and ahhing about it a little bit because how do you cover that song? Like it's, I mean. (laughs) Did you feel a lot of pressure doing it? (laughs) And and so it wasn't until I went to watch um, the Brentford game at the Brudenell 
actually with Naif and I was just gutted after it just really gutted and I went home and obviously like I'd had a couple of beers as well (laughs) and I just got my phone out and I made this um phone recording just a voice note of the the tune um pretty much just straight off I was like I'm just gonna strum some minor chords and start singing and see what happens and um just came up with that version and um so the the original thing was a phone demo and I sent it to Giuseppe and he was doing the filming in Argentina at the time and then I think he sent it to Lee and um they were both just like oh my god (laughs) like we've got to use this thing and um so so they did did you know that it would be used over the playoff defeat um, at all at that point, I mean, or you just knew that they wanted to, to use it? I mean, I had a good idea at what point it, it was going yeah. to be used. There was but, only one point really, wasn't there? Yeah, when it all went horribly wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a really, really beautiful moment. Like, it's a sad moment, but I think it's, you know, it has connected with a lot of people. I've just got to uh, say thank you in a very sarcastic manner to you. Go on. So every time it's looking a bit dodgy now at Ellen Road, Matt, who does the podcast with us, starts singing it in a really sombre voice to me. <laughs> you know the other night when it was nil-nil uh, against Brentford, 66 minutes, he stands yeah. in my ear. Here we go. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Um, but it's made a real impact on the fans. Yeah. How's the feedback been and how's it feel knowing that you've kind of made made people really emotional with the track? Well that, that's that's the thing. Like I mean I, I didn't I didn't know how much people were gonna like it because obviously it's drastically different and it's pretty sad <laughs> um, but I, I did think a lot a lot more people would hate it than they have like I've, I have been quite overwhelmed with the amount of people who've been in touch and just said wow you know this this made me cry or and and obviously like it's such a poignant moment in the in the series and I think just just overall with the series what what those guys have managed to do with it it's just brought everyone together it's really brought the soul back and and I think that version yeah just has resonated with people as well and and although it's kind of sad I I feel like it brought a bit of optimism as well yeah definitely I think um it's just the whole um piecing together of all the sound, the music and the footage is just it channels everything. And and when I first heard that song, I didn't really necessarily feel um, feel like I was hearing a song that made me sad. It just brought me back to being in the North Stand and seeing Richard Keogh at the final whistle. You know, goading all the fans. It was like it just brought back all the feelings from actually being in that moment, which yeah. I think is it's really powerful to do that with a piece of film. With them um, marching on together, was it a conscious decision to? to sort of change the name too much and together because it's Leeds, 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 isn't it? Yeah, I mean, not really. I, I know, obviously, it's called Leeds, Leeds, Leeds originally. Yeah. Um, But I think just everyone knows it as marching on together, don't they? Yeah. So, but it just, that's just what 
we called it. Yeah. And do you think the lyrics for the actual song stand up? Because in in the context of being a fan, you don't really sort of think about it, but are they, do they stand up? Yeah. I mean, especially that, that verse that's like, we've been through it all together and we've had our ups and downs. Ups and downs. stay with you forever. <laughs> you know, that that's the epitome of Leeds fans. You know, it's it's like, you know, I mean, there was, what, like 30,000 people the other night for the cup game on a Tuesday night. Mm. It's mad. Bit of trivia. Yep. Did you know that the song was co-written? Yeah. By Les Reed, who wrote Delilah. Yeah. And it's not news with Tom Jones. Yeah. And you've now done that. And um, I actually met, one of there's, there's two of them, isn't there? There's Barry and there's Les. And one of them's passed away. Les, I believe. But I met, so it must have been Barry that I met in the tunnel one day at um, Elland Road because uh, James Mooney, who's been amazing actually for for everyone like during the series, um, he he was like, "We've got we've got the guy here. He wrote Marching On Together," and that was just before I did my version of it. So I met him. Cool. Awesome. Jealous. So yeah, I did know that. Well, there you are. <laughs> One nil. Ellen leads that. Losing. One six. That's a leads that moment. We're losing on our own podcast. Have you been signed up to do some more track series too? Was Lee giving you the nod? Um, I don't. I don't know really about season two. I don't know if it's a thing that's definitely happening or. Spoiler or, alert! Or we what? win the league. Back Christmas. <laughs> But I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, if we do do it, then yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll work together again on it. I'd like to anyway. So, any fans that are coming to the documentary, um, where do they find out a bit more information about you and Shadowlark? Um, just probably just Google. <laughs> just <laughs> we're just on the internet. <laughs> it's we're pretty easy to find. I think um, if you put Shadowlark music that um, narrows the search a little bit but we've got like Facebook and Instagram and all that sort of stuff that you have to have now we'll trust people with their typing won't we Ellen yeah we've got a giveaway on Leeds that mm-hmm. um, Lee said he's going to drop something in for us we're not sure what yet um, have you got any random memorabilia so far in the pot is a Leeds United Tony Yaboa Corinthian figure in original packaging wow um, I'll have something. I mean, I can't be putting in anything too precious that I want to keep, obviously. Um, but there'll be there'll be like some of my passes and stuff from games from last season and things like that, if that's desirable for anybody. That'd be great. Thank you. From various tunnels around the UK. Get it signed. Get it signed. <laughs> Get it in the pot. Sounds brilliant. Thank you. All right. Tell me a bit about your guitar. Oh. There's a bit of history to your guitar, isn't there? Yeah. So, um, he's called John, and um, <laughs> he he belonged to my mum. Well, my mum's cousin, who was called John, who is called John still, <laughs> actually. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, she she can't play it or anything. But it was all it was it was just always lying around the house when we were kids, and it was very broken. Is that can't play? As in. Not allowed to play or can't play because she's crap. Um, I just don't think she's ever tried. 
Um, I did offer to teach her once and she was like, no, I won't be able to do it. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, yeah, and it's, uh, I, I ended up getting it fixed up a few, quite a few years ago. So it was actually playable. And um, <laughs> it just sound, it sounds amazing. It sounds really bizarre, like a little bit banjo-like because it's all kind of caved in in the middle and it's just covered in like really... Um, hippie graffiti and stuff from from when they were kids and they used to just write all over it and stuff but I love it I, I basically write pretty much everything I write on that guitar because it's the one that I just to have around the house um and I love it yeah it's great it sounds like lovely and warm it, it sounds way better than I think you think it sounds but it's got <laughs> it's got like loads of character to it it's, it's lovely it's great yeah it's just it's just hard to record with because you get all these mad harmonics coming off it and yeah. stuff but We'll uh, we'll take some pictures of it and put it on social so people can yeah, yeah, tell what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. In a moment, we're going to ask you to play us out, but I want to get a Leeds That exclusive first. Okay. How do you fancy re-recording Greatest Hits Volume 1? So <laughs> we'll do Leeds United Calypso. <laughs> That's what everyone says. Fancy it? <laughs> it is a banger. It's a big wobbler, that, isn't it? Tony Oboa. <laughs> some big tunes on that. I'm not. I'm just not sure that that's cool, like anymore. <laughs> like, it's it's a bit it's a bit um on the line, isn't it? Ellen, thank you very much for coming on later. I hope it wasn't too painful. We really appreciate your time. If you wouldn't mind, do you mind playing us out? Go on then. Cheers. Here is Ellen with marching on together. Leads up.
That must have been great to be in the room when she played that. Yeah, it was actually. I, the first thing I said to you afterwards was, uh, what a privilege it was, really. A lot of Leeds fans would like to have been there. Right, it's, it's outstanding, isn't it? There's, there's people talking about having that as a funeral song, as a wedding song. It's just really emotional. My father-in-law wants to go out to Marching On Together, and I think I'll choose that version. And I tell you what, James, I agree with you about that guitar. That is an amazing sound. And I, I, it sounded like, at first I thought it sounded like a ukulele, but she mentioned in the interview that it sounds like a banjo, and that's absolutely right, and it's great. She, did she explain the dominoes? No, I didn't ask about the dominoes. Well, it says L, doesn't it? For Ellen. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I've not noticed that. Yeah, I didn't ask about the dominoes. Kind of wish I had. Ellen, if you're listening. It does say L. It's an L, isn't it? Yeah. Ellen, if you're listening, send us a message. What does the L mean? <laughs> In the intro to this particular podcast, Matt, you said that um, that they're, that she's a big Leeds fan, um, but I didn't really know how big a Leeds fan she was. And the same with the Lee Hickey when we interviewed him, they are like really, really passionate about Leeds United and the city itself, and and that it, it sort of validates everything that they're doing, everything that they've worked on together. And I think that this is the thing that I find most interesting by this whole experience is that we have a close group of friends who go to the game and get in our own routines and we're hearing other people's stories about the way they see the club and the, and their life through their lens and it's and it's truly fascinating so we've got to say a big thank you to ellen i think for coming on leads that podcast and uh, performing a couple of tracks for us you videoed those as well they're going online right yeah we we, we filmed it um which was very kind of ellen to let us do so so thank you for that she's also dropped in some well a, a prize for our prize draw james yeah, she's um, given us her, because she works as a sound recordist as well, and so she's been working on the documentary, and she went to a lot of games last season, as she is this season, and um, she's got a AAA pass from the Sheffield United away match that she's given away as part of the draw, and some of you might have already seen, um, she wrote the chords on a on a sheet of paper so people could play the, the music themselves on their guitar, or piano or whatever, and she's given that away signed as well, which is fantastic, I really appreciate that, Ellen. Really kind of. Yeah, thanks, Ellen. Yeah, if you just search for Ellen Smith marching on together um, on YouTube and you, you'll find that um, on our Leads That YouTube channel. If you want to know more about Shadow Like the band, you can go to shadowlike.co.uk. So thanks again to Ellen. Um, you can register at leadsthat.com to enter into the prize draw. We will be back after the international break with our Barnsley Match Day podcast. Podcast Network.